No, I have to be, <laughs> I have to be careful what I say here as well. <laughs> Splendid. My problem is I have a lot of my the a lot of the partners that we have will use a lot of. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for well you decide. As you're probably asking yourself, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly dose of marketing street knowledge. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com or Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. This episode is recorded on Friday the 11th of September. I hope you've had a great week, that you're staying safe, well, and as sane as you feel you need to be. I'm glad you're here. If you're enjoying the show, drop us a rating, a comment, or it'd be wonderful to hear from you on any of our channels. If email is your jam, I'm editor at rockstarcmo.com. I'm sticking to the usual set list. In a moment, I'll take a look at the latest issue of Rockstar CMO. In the interview section, I chat to fellow podcaster Emil Christensen, who is the CMO and co-founder of Sleep Note. And again, I have the opportunity to retire to the virtual Rockstar CMO bar for a cocktail and a chat with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Right, let's get started, shall we? The article I'd like to take a look at this week is the latest in our regular Green Room series. Regular listeners might remember me mentioning this series before. It appears in each of our monthly issues. It's where I reach out to the CMOs we've gone backstage with, many of whom have appeared on this podcast, and ask them for their opinion and advice on the theme for that month's issue. If you listened to last week's show, you'll know our theme for September was about the blur between our personal and work lives created by lockdown, but specifically about how this blurring happens on social media. Not just how the CMOs themselves manage this for themselves and their personal brand, but the expectations they have of their teams. In the article, Christine Bailey, CMO of Valita, makes a splendid rock star analogy saying, but while it's okay to bring your whole self to work, unlike a rock star to what goes on social media stays on social media. I like that. And David Howland, who has recently become the CMO of Ernix, sums up a lot of what we heard from our community every day in word, deed and tweet. We represent more than just ourselves. We represent our families, our culture, our company, our passions and more. Character counts, he says. Strong stuff. Something that Wendy Bryant-Bezik, VP of Marketing at Service Credit Union, echoes with her comment, don't express an opinion on social media that you would not express in person. Wise words. Ian Lowe, CMO of Crown Peak, who I chatted to last week on this podcast, focuses on his team and shares how he keeps his team connected and motivated as they all work remotely. That's a good piece. All good stuff. You can find the views of eight more of our Rockstar Marketing community in the rest of the issue, which this month we called The Blur Issue. Take a look. The Green Room series is one of our most popular features, and I'm always grateful for the advice our CMO community share. You can find a link to it on our homepage in the latest issue. And of course, I will include a link to it in the show notes, which you can find at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. Right, on to the interview. 
Emil Christensen is the CMO and co-founder of Sleepnote, a company that helps e-commerce brands turn their website browsers into buyers without hurting the user experience. He's also a fellow podcaster with a marketing podcast in his native Danish that has reached 2 million downloads called The Marketing Brief. And until recently, was also an external university lecturer on email marketing. We discuss e-commerce, the forgotten art of good email marketing, and why so many great entrepreneurs and tech companies come out of the Nordics. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Emil, to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you? Thank you, Ian. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, and um, I don't think uh, we've not featured you on Rockstar CMO before. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, sure. I am the CMO and co-founder of a company called Sleeknote. And Sleeknote is a SaaS. So we help e-commerce sites with getting more leads and more subscribers uh, pretty much to their email list. And we've been doing that for seven years now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels like two years, but it's been seven years. And yeah. at this point, we had around 2,000 customers, 40 employees-ish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just having a good time with building a software tool in mm-hmm. these days as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, you're a marketer, or are you a software builder, or are you a marketer? What What are you? Oh yeah, and, and an important point here. I'm a marketer, mm-hmm. so I work in marketing every day. I lead a small team in marketing, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that since day one. Obviously, day one, I've been on doing customer success as well. I've been yeah. doing everything in yeah. between. Yeah. But since one year in, I've been doing marketing and right. I've been doing that before Sleeknode as well, uh, for multiple years, both at the e-commerce side of things. I've been running mm-hmm. an e-commerce side and being in an agency, being consulting and so on. So I've been trying a little bit of the different angles yeah. and that also, I think, one of the upsides right now for me is that I know what it is to be like on the other side of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw in, uh, in your your background, e-commerce is very much something you've you've focused on, and that's what you focus on with with Sleepnote. But I also noticed that you're a lecturer in email marketing. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, email always been like the foreground and one thing that I've been focusing on a lot since like all the way back 10 years ago from the agency days and to e-commerce days as well. I've been earning a lot of money for the companies that I work from mm-hmm. uh, through email. And that's why that's one of the reasons why we started Sleeknote as well. We wanted more email subscribers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's always been a big focus. It is a big focus for us in Sleeknote as well, both from a marketing perspective, but obviously also from a product perspective. Right. And do you think organizations pay enough attention to email marketing or do you think people think it's no longer relevant? What was your view? Uh, I think I think you also know the answer to this one here, and uh, uh, both what I would say and and what you would say as well. Mm-hmm. That I don't think people are spending enough time on it. Um, it's oftentimes something that I see interns doing Friday mm-hmm. when now they don't have any fo- anything else to do. They mm-hmm. oh, you can write a newsletter for next week, and we can send that out to our mm-hmm. list of mm-hmm. unsegmented subscribers, and yeah. just, just try it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so um it's it's kind of like a secondary thought. Yeah, it's 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 something that people don't treat mm-hmm. with the respect that they should. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm working with this every day, so I'm kind of biased with it as well, but I just see so many companies with so much potential 
if it's e-commerce, B2B, SaaS, whatever, doesn't really matter. Uh, email is one of the only medias where we still own the subscriber and we can yeah. just send an email when we want to yeah. to whoever, whoever we want to. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen a difference with uh, coronavirus and, uh, and working in the pandemic where we're selling more virtually? Have you seen, has that changed the way people are, are working with you guys? Yeah, to, to an extent, I would say. I, I, I think we're seeing some old, I'm, I'm going to say this straight out as it is, because the listeners to your podcasts would, would know that they're already working with online marketing. So <laughs> yeah. but we're seeing old school businesses come to us and say, oh, like we are getting maybe in some cases millions of people to our website and we have an email list of maybe a thousand people. Yeah. Maybe we should start focusing on it a little bit yeah. since we're just used to people coming to our stores and yeah. buying the things that we have. Yeah. So now they can't come to the stores. Yeah. So maybe we should start building an email list and we've seen some insane examples of companies building email lists yeah. and from day one day it's like, Oh wow! Why didn't we do this before? Yeah, yeah, explain it. And what's the um, what's the advice you primarily give about organizations starting to do that and starting to think about creating a subscriber list? Yeah, for me, and this is an important note. Uh, I think for most companies, it's not about the volume; it's about the quality of the subscribers. Mm-hmm. It's not about having two million subscribers it's about having 100,000 or maybe even just a thousand when you're starting out mm-hmm. segmented subscribers that's actually willing to engage in whatever you're sending out and mm-hmm. willing to buy mm-hmm. at some point maybe not in the beginning but for me it's not about the number of leads necessarily obviously it's something you should think about as well but it's more about quality leads and starting slow and making sure to somehow segment your subscribers there's a big difference between someone for us in sleek note there's a big difference like we're a b2b company selling yeah. to uh, e-commerce and whatever but when an agency sign up to our newsletter we mm-hmm. shouldn't say oh like come and buy our product like we want yeah, them as yeah. a partner yeah. and that's like a classic mistake of like having not having segment your list mm-hmm. like you send out the wrong message to the wrong people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's uh, that sounds like that concept of what it, the, just having a thousand true fans right is that you want that engaged group of people that, that, that work with you yeah it's, it's like empty likes it doesn't really matter yeah like, yeah yeah okay you have a hundred thousand likes on facebook like who cares when you post something like 200 people sees it and nobody buys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from your perspective, is that how you measure the success of your email campaigns is is, is coming through as as becoming customers and, and engaging? Uh, of course, in the end, it's it's about um, mm-hmm. money. Uh, yeah. That's that's what it's all about. That's why we do it in the end. But yeah. I think email can have different messages and different goals as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the emails that we see, we work with some of our clients with as well, Sometimes the goal is to get replies, mm-hmm. which I'm sure like can't be scaled in many cases. But in some cases, sure enough, it can be scaled up to getting 100 replies that might end up in plus 200,000 euro, 200, euro uh, contracts. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's, that's a good deal. <laughs> uh, and in other cases, it is literally to just go into a product, buy it, whatever. Or it is just to... Maybe educate about something, educate mm-hmm. about the problem that your service, your product, whatever it solves. Mm-hmm. And later on in the funnel, you will ask them to buy the product. Right. 
not everyone is ready to buy from day one. Right, right. So it sounds to me like you take a, a very content marketing focused approach to, to email. It's just a, a, a channel for being useful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, yeah, just answer, what it is. Yeah, yeah, answering their questions. Um, and so you clearly think that email is still relevant today, right? Even though most people talk about the death of almost everything in marketing. So email is still relevant. And I also noticed that, um, and sadly, I, my Danish is terrible. I should have mentioned in the introduction, we're talking to you. You're based in, in Denmark. Um, you run a very popular marketing podcast in Denmark. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I, I started a, a Danish podcast called Marketing Brief. It's a really, really simple. Uh, it started as a hobby and still kind of is because mm-hmm. I'm just doing it for fun. But what what we've been seeing, and this is exactly what if you're working in a B2B setup, I think there are some learnings that I could pull away from it that I haven't really reflected on before now. And I think some of the learnings for me is that we started this podcast and we're hitting like we're plus a two million downloads in a couple of years Mm -hmm. and for me sure the downloads is one thing but one thing that i'm oftentimes experience now and we're in a b2b setup if someone have been listening to me my voice for this is literally in some cases maybe thousands of hours yeah before they meet me yeah and then i meet someone and they maybe they've been listening to me for plus a hundred hours and they meet me and they think they know me (laughs) and sure enough they do and like but i don't know who they are but the trust level in b2b it's it's i'm already established as a trust for them so i could literally say jump and they'll jump or i could say buy and they'll they'll buy Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying this as a bad thing uh, say that everyone can do this so you should go out and start your podcast but what i mean about it is can you show some personality yeah. in a B2B setup? And can you show your personality? Because people, I hate that like old saying of people buy from people, but it's, it's true. It is. It's yeah. just true. Yeah. Like, like you want to trust people at least. Yeah. 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 That you buy from yeah. also in a B2B setup. Yeah. And is that one of the things that also drives your, um, the email side as well as your, your podcasting in that it's about building trust? Yeah. For me, it's about building the trust, uh, whether it's through podcasts, webinars, email, yeah. uh, whatever, there is all of the marketing lingos that we have yeah. bussing around. I think it's about finding your channel. Mm-hmm. That's one of the learnings for me as well. I'm not particularly good in video. Mm-hmm. So we, I tried that. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can write blog posts, but it's not my strongest side either. I can do a video. I can do audio like this, where press, press record, and I can yeah. do it straight away without yeah. doing anything. And it would take me five times the time yeah. to write a blog post. Yeah, so I think it's about finding what you're good at, yeah. and doing that even more, and that will shine through. Yeah. It just takes a long time. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of. Um, I was chatting to um, Emily Binder, who's a who's who specialises in voice for brands, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um, studies that actually say that when you're talking direct to somebody like this, it's much more engaging than if they're going to read it from a blog post anyway. So you've probably made the the right choice there, I should think. It's it's much more like, and especially what we hear and see today mm-hmm. is like you put up like this podcast has probably been listened to while they are on a walk with the dog or just on a walk or commuting somewhere. Like it literally our voices directly, (laughs) directly into the ears. (laughs) And that's just something that it's very difficult to get 
uh, a media that's so personalized. Like yeah. this, obviously, video is a bit more personalized, but in yeah. some cases, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I've noticed that a lot of pop- popular podcasts that I listen to have started to add video to their podcast. I'm currently... I'm currently resisting that, <laughs> so uh, I'm not record. I'm not recording video yet. So it'd be interesting to see how that how that progresses because I understand that actually, you know, pe- people do like the video as well as the as well as the podcast. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. And if anybody uh, sort of writes in and says yes, please, Ian, please go on video, then maybe I might consider it. Well, um, so what success have you see? So you've run, been running the podcast what for two years? Did you say? Yeah, I think we're I think we're hitting three years soon, yeah. actually two and a half ish. Um, and and yeah, the successes like sure downloads is one thing, but mm-hmm. we see a massive amount of clients as well. Obviously from Scandinavia who yeah. understand the podcast. Uh, yeah. So it's a small market for us Scandinavia still. It's, we sleek note we're international product. So mm. for me, it's still for fun. Uh, it's not like I'm measuring any AI or anything like that, like a yeah. typical marketeer would start doing. I'm <laughs> not doing that at all. I'm right. um, literally just like, what is the amount of downloads? And one important KPI for me right now, without like, if we know, if we don't count MR and whatever in software, yeah. I'm counting something that, in the lack of a better word, attention time. Mm-hmm. So how much time and attention time can I get uh, both from being on a podcast like this, being on a webinar, having a webinar, having an event, phys- like a physical yeah. event, old yeah. school event like that as well. Uh, how much time can I kind of grab of attention? Yeah. Uh, that's an important mission. Well, that's an important currency right now for us as marketers. There's a lot of talk about attention, isn't there? And all this bullshit frankly about the fact that our consumers have only got the attention span of a goldfish <laughs> but it's, it's, we have to grab true. it yeah 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 it's it's not true sure it's it's true if you scroll through a facebook feed or if you if you run dynamic ads on whatever uh to bowler sure it's yeah. might you might get 0.2 seconds yeah. but other than that You'll have plenty of time if you're engaging enough. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that the fact that you guys have specialized in your own home market and you're you're doing the podcast in in the in the language of of the region, do you think that's helped? Where you're, you know, you've really kind of focused there with that audience. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer of um, go for your home market first, and mm-hmm. then scale in different markets mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, I think a lot of SaaS companies, especially outside of the English native uh, Mm -hmm. languages, Mm -hmm. they will start with saying, oh, we want to conquer the world Mm -hmm. and we might have got an investment. So our investors want to see us opening up UK and then US and Mm -hmm. then Australia and Mm -hmm. then like, stop, 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 stop. Take three steps back and look at your home market. There might be enough for you to get an MMR to literally maybe millions and then you can start. Yeah, yeah. And was that your journey? Is that what what you guys did? Yeah, exactly. Like we started in Denmark, like we got a a few hundred clients there. We scaled Mm. it to another country. We scaled it to another country. Yeah. Like one country each of the time. We're not like saying, oh, we only want to run paid in the yeah. netherlands but we're having a big focus on one country that means yeah. partners that means paid that yeah. means acquisition that means like yeah. all of those things yeah and then stop trying to conquer the entire world yeah 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 like sure enough if you got like 
500 uh, million dollars investment <laughs> you have to do something yeah but it's it's a very few amount of companies that got that and yeah. the rest of them just think that they had to conquer the world yeah. from the beginning yeah 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 and and where where are you guys now are you you guys uh, you're in the us you're in uk you're across europe i think you're hitting around 46 countries now mm-hmm. uh sure enough with some of them with less customers but right now main focus is uh, still in europe but mm-hmm. also to partly in the us we split the team in, in two mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. um but from a marketing technology perspective i think the region you're in has, has spawned a lot of great a great companies anyway it's a real little tech hub isn't it around where you are yeah i, th- I think we're lucky with the um, yeah the the entire setup that we have here in scandinavia especially sweden denmark i think mm-hmm. uh, not to say norway it doesn't have a lot of startups <laughs> but i think it's a little bit different in norway and we have a lot of safety and security around creating a company in denmark mm-hmm. and in sweden where if the company fails, sure enough, you'll still have some debt to pay back. Mm-hmm. But there's so much security compared to starting a company in the US, for example. Right, right. So it's just a great place to start a startup, which is why we see all these these companies forming. Yeah, it's not like like we pay we pay a lot of taxes. So it's <laughs> yeah. not like we're paying like we're paying a lot of taxes compared to other countries. But yeah. those taxes go into our security. So that's where people sometimes misunderstand it. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah, sure, we pay more taxes, but that also yeah enables us to take a little bit more risk sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cool. So um, I have um, I ask everybody this question on the podcast. Um, we have a feature on Rockstar CMO called the Swim Pool, where we throw all the bullshit, snake oil, and all the terrible things about marketing. I know we love this industry, but sometimes we we ruin it for ourselves. What would you throw into that swim pool? Oh, is it is it like a term, or is it is it more like a, an area that anything, I don't like? Any, anything you like. We've had all sorts of things. We've had terms. We've had um, words people don't like. We've had practices people don't like. Anything you like. Okay, there's there's a few things that I, <laughs> I don't like, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll keep them short. I think the the first one we already uh, touched upon a little bit mm-hmm. is emails, where it's like. I, I just generally just hate when people say they have X amount of emails on their list, which is I don't really care. Like how much money do you earn from your email list? That's mm-hmm. the important measurement for me. Mm-hmm. And then I think this this might be a little bit wrong, but I think the the amount of buzzwords that we are we're adding in marketing right now is just just yeah. too much. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'll take a more general one where it's like. The amount of buzzwords, why do we have to add a buzzword for something that's so simple oftentimes and mm-hmm. people don't get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just call it what it is instead. Um, yeah, I think the yeah. buzzword and email. Have you got a particular favorite buzzword that you don't like? Oh, there's so <laughs> many. There's so many. Uh, one of the ones, right I, now, yeah, one of the ones yeah. I don't like is I don't like when we talk about agile marketing because I just think the marketing is agile. <laughs> we just grab stuff from the world of product development and um, and ruin it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the better ones. I actually, uh, yeah. uh, that's also one of the ones that like <laughs> we put marketing in front of it or yeah. uh, just afterwards, yeah. and then you say, "Oh, that's a new lingo for us." Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so nothing, nothing particularly favorite one coming out of of that then. No, I have to be. <laughs> I have to be careful what I say here as well. <laughs> Splendid. Well, um, my, sorry. My problem is I have a lot of my the a lot of the partners that we have will use a lot of this lingo. <laughs> a lot of the agencies they use this lingo every day. And sometimes I, I get the better of them and just say, wow, like, why can't you just say what everyone else is? Yeah. Like, I don't understand half of it on your landing page. Is that yeah. what you want? Or is yeah. that like, could yeah. you just simplify it a lot? <laughs> That's splendid. And um, so, you're, um, so you're the CMO of Sleeknote. Where can people find Sleeknote? Sleeknote.com? Yeah, they can. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. that's the very simple thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. signal.com, all of the social profiles, obviously, is also yeah. there. Um, I think go check it out if you, if you, what we're doing is a, we're a pop up tool. So okay. I don't want to throw in a big like promotional thing here. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for something different, uh, go check it out. Uh, and myself, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think that's the best place right now. Yep. Twitter, I'm I'm there. I'm not that active. I'm sorry, but <laughs> like I'm I'm keeping myself to LinkedIn. I'm a big believer of LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah, uh, I think it's shining as best right now. Yeah, uh, and. I love LinkedIn, so go find me there. That would be perfect. Will do. Will do. All right. So thank you, Emil Christensen, CMO of Sleeknote. Um, I'll, of course, include all the links to what you just discussed uh, in the show notes. And thank you very much for your time. It was really nice meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Emil. I will, of course, include all the links we discussed in the show notes. However, as I mentioned, his podcast is in Danish. So according to our podcast stats, only a couple of you Danes will understand it. But take a look at Sleeknote and their blog, where he writes in English and, of course, his social media connections. Right, it's Friday evening here at the Rockstar CMO Penthouse in London. I'm about ready to call it a day and ease my way into the weekend with a trip to the Rockstar CMO virtual bar and join my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. Very, very nice to hear your voice. Um, well, you know, here's the thing. Hmm. I sit here in Southern California. You sit there um, somewhere in the outskirts of London somewhere. Um, I will guarantee you it's cooler there than it is here because <laughs> it's effing hot here. It is, I mean, it is so damn hot here. Um, yeah. It, this is the hottest time uh, of year for us here in 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 in, in Southern California, um, September and October, but it's hot. And so tonight's uh, cocktail um, is called "Bring the Effing Heat," is what I'm calling it. <laughs> um, and you know, and it you know, there's a little bit of a baseball thing there too. But uh, it, it's a wonderful reposado tequila with pineapple juice, and then. You add in some jalapeno and cayenne pepper to spice Whoa. things up quite a bit, and it's Whoa. yeah, it's got it's got a kick to it for sure. Um, <laughs> wow. And so it's 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 perfect for how hot it is right now. Wow. Well, I um I do have um 
I think like, I've got a chicken in the oven at the moment because it's the evening time here, and I think it's probably cooler in the oven than it is in California right now. And I'm actually yeah, cooking some. I'm, a, I'm actually be. cooking cooking uh, Jamaican church chicken, which I believe is probably cooler than the drink that you've offered us there. So, uh, <laughs> so, so let me let me have a go at making this. Did you put ice in that? You had, I mean, if, if it's that hot. Right? I did. Is oh yeah, did, definitely. You want some ice in there for sure. Lovely, lovely. Now let cool. me see what I've got on my. On my tequila selection, I've got Bombay Sapphire Gin. Similar, isn't it? Uh, I think that's a brand of tequila, yes. I think that uh, it, <laughs> it's a it is still I, I understand. English yeah. tequila. So. Yeah. It's the most stuff. English of tequilas. That's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the English blend. And then that's, you said... That's actually something you should launch, the most English of tequilas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm well-versed in... Uh, in I can make a whole range of cocktails with it too, can't I? <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's you, you've been doing very well with it so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did you say pineapple juice? I, I did indeed. Yes, yes. So let's see what I've got here. Let me see. Hang on. I've got some... Ooh. Tonic. <laughs> ah, uh, so yes. uh, that's quite fruity. Well, not really, but you know. So I'm going to stick that in some of my English tequila. Let's have a yes. taste of Well, this. hopefully you have a lemon and that will... Uh, oh, let's not get too fancy, Robert. Well, you know how simple my tastes are. Okay, I, I <laughs> A lemon would be good. Was, yeah, if I'd have bought the tanqueray, I'd have stuck some cucumber in. But, and that would have made up for your, uh, your, your spices that you put in. Hang on a sec. Yeah, oh. it would have. Oh, that's very nice, Robert. And oh, I'm not quite getting the kick, but uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe something went wrong along the way, along the way there somewhere. <laughs> but that's that's delicious. And uh, as usual, I could drink those every week. Whereabouts would you suggest that we drink these flaming hot drinks? Presumably not on your patio right now. <laughs> Yes. Well, <laughs> assuming that we're not here in the blistering heat of Southern California, I would yeah. want to go somewhere tropical. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the place for us to go would be Maui. Ooh. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you've been to Hawaii before. And I know we no, talked about we have. Hawaii on a previous episode, but we actually yeah. talked about Kauai in that. Yeah. In that. And, and, and this this time, I think we should be on Maui, um, which has many more of the amenities that we might want in such, uh, you know, such luxury and, and mm -hmm. be able to spend this time on the beach in a wonderful five-star hotel um, and all of that. And there is a place um, in Maui called Kihei, mm -hmm. um, which is actually on the south, uh, let's call it the southwest uh, portion of the island, um, which is just absolutely um, fantastic. Um, and there are some resorts there that are just absolutely beautiful. So we would sit on the beach, we would drink a few of these and then fall mm -hmm. asleep on the beach talking that, about all sorts of marketing things. That sounds <laughs> fabulous. You know, that, that, that does sound fabulous. And as you know, from our last conversation and regular listeners will remember, I've never been to Hawaii. So that, was, uh, that, sounds, yeah. that sounds beautiful. And, um, and I'm, I don't, I'm hoping people don't think that when we get together, all we do is talk about marketing, but, um, what would be the topic of our conversation as we, as we sit there and, and listen to those waves? You know, I think something, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately as certainly mm -hmm. as you know, there's a lot of evolution, let's call it change management in the air mm -hmm. right now about what we're doing in 2021. Yeah. And I think we get wrapped up 
in a question, which I think is a really interesting question, which is in marketing, what's the most important thing? Is it more people, more technology, mm -hmm. or better process? And it's very interesting to me where companies will put their efforts. Um, and mostly I find, which is fascinating to me, there seems to be this sort of overriding effort toward technology, you know, mm -hmm. and, and literally I was talking with someone, um, recently where the VP of marketing there was explaining to her CEO, um, all of the different, you know, challenges that, you know, the marketing group had and, and all yeah. of the challenges that they were facing. And the CEO literally said, well, isn't there an app for that? Oh and, my and, God. And with no, you know, with no sort of, uh, you know, sense of irony at all or, yeah, or, or yeah. cynicism or sarcasm. And yeah. that's where we are in a lot of this, which is we all feel in some way there's some should be some yeah. level of technology to bring us out of some change or some new shiny process. Yeah. And I find more and more that, you know, and, and there are research to show this, right? Where, yeah. you know, we, we, we spend more now on technology than we do people. Um, yeah. that's from, yeah. that's from Gartner CMO study. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it is a fascinating thing to me that we, we don't choose to fix the operating model by which we look at marketing, we rather try and scale it up with more people or more technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was having a conversation with a, a chap called Ahmed Hassan, who's who's been on the show before, just earlier today. Um, he used to run a, a digital at um, Spark Forty Four, who are Jaguar Land Rovers agent uh, agency, and. Um, he was saying to me exactly the same thing because he, he specialized in digital transformation. He said, everybody's focusing on the tech and nobody's focusing on the people. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big challenge right now. And, and, and the interesting thing is I think it's coming to bear because so many companies right now would struggle, right, with doing a big technology implementation. And, and so it's almost in a weird way companies now because of work from home and because of the inability to sort of figure out how you would get people to help install implement or you know join up technology are starting to take a real hard look at to say maybe it's not the technology that we have to swap out or rip out it maybe it's you know maybe it's the way we do things yeah um, and i that realization is a fascinating one to me for further exploration because yeah you know it's 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 a healthy thing i think um yeah. to get us out of the sort of rat race and technical debt that so many um companies find themselves in i saw one statistic that said 30 percent of our time now as marketers is either spent selecting technology implementing technology or working to learn a new technology wow that's just too high right that's just yeah, too high yeah. yeah yeah and um where are the where do you think um do you think there's a particular area within marketing that you're seeing people over indexing on technology where perhaps it's the it's that well, it's the process and techniques they need to focus on yeah digital is one right i mean i mean mm -hmm. that's the obvious one but but the, yeah. but the i think the the the, the one that sort of comes leaping out is what are we doing with all of this data, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, it's the, it's the classic, 
we're, we, we have all of these tools in place to generate data right now. And we're mm-hmm. generating scads of data. Um, yeah. You know, nobody is short on, you know, data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what we're actually doing with it is truly sort of, you know, a giant question mark. You know, it's the, yeah. it was Eli Goldratt, the physicist, sort of business guru, wonderful, wonderful author, um, thought leader, who he said, you know, we have so much data, but so little information, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and so I see that we're really over indexing on sort of saying, well, if we just put this tool in, then mm. we'll be able to make sense and use mm-hmm. that data for mm. personalization or for targeting or for understanding our customer better or mm-hmm. whatever. And of course, none of that is true. Technology is simply the opportunity for, you know, insight. It's not insight in and of itself. Right. And uh, people coming to you um, with your consultancy and and saying to you, and assuming that technology is going in and asking for your help with that, when actually they're asking you the wrong question, which is, you know, do you need the technology? Are you having to walk people back from those kind of decisions? You know, the interesting thing there is, is that I'm I'm not necessarily having to walk people back from the decision of selecting technology it's almost a giant mm-hmm. sigh of relief when we start having different conversations right it's like right. you know the the marketers that i'm talking to are like oh we're not going to talk about technology okay you know, <laughs> it's like nice it, you know yeah it's a big sigh of relief to say yeah okay great you know you're not going to come in and pitch me that i need some new platform to yeah. do what i want to do yeah um and that should tell technology vendors everything they need to know by the way yeah um yeah. and consultancies by the way what everything they need to know but yeah. what ends up happening is is that it, it's a it's almost like a, a pacifier in some in some cases right <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like yeah, I love that if analogy. we do a big technology project i know that that'll keep us busy for a while and yeah. sort of punt the real challenges down the road a bit yeah yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because um, the last two um, uh, VP of marketing and CMOs I've actually interviewed on the podcast, both of them work, have worked for or work for marketing technology vendors. And both of them, when you talk to them about what to throw into the Rockstar CMO swimming pool, which, as you know, is our portal to hell to all, for all the bullshit and snake oil of this industry, both of them talk about technology. And, right. and obviously not theirs, but that broader sense that we need to, you know, that, that technology will solve the problem. Yeah, it's you know as as I just said that the, the, I yeah. think the I think to me technology is an opportunity to solve a problem, not the not the answer to the problem, right? Right. And right. so it's not the technology's fault, you know. Yeah. It, the technology these days, I mean, let's be very clear: there are some amazing solutions out there. We are we are yeah. not short on innovation yeah. and cool, interesting ways to look at the process and operation of marketing to help us yeah. leverage um, the people, the brains, the creativity that we have. Yeah. What we have is sort of a, a reliance on the technology. I, mean, I literally just got off a call where yeah. someone said to me, we have an amazing editorial calendar um, and none of us know how to use it. And wow. we just don't have the time to learn. Wow. And it's like, right, I, you bought yeah. the editorial collaboration calendar, which was yeah. a tiny purchase. It was a, yeah. a minuscule purchase. Somebody probably put it on their credit card, mm-hmm. but it's there. 
-hmm. and nobody has the time to learn it because they're so busy. And mm -hmm. so nobody will ever use it. And so ultimately, mm -hmm. somebody will turn it off at some point. And yeah. it's like, well, it, you, you just yeah. you, you want to stand yeah, up yeah. and go, just, just do it or don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, um, uh, I, I had a similar conversation recently where um, a new client came to me and said, we're thinking of buying this. And it was uh, a content platform, not a content management system, but a content platform, one of these new breed of, you know, chucks up landing pages and that kind of stuff and, and sexy things. And it looks all sexy and it's sexy things. And I said, well, you know, why do you need it? What's your requirements? And and they sort of look at you like you're taking away their shiny toys. You know, it's like, mm, we haven't really, well, we need to produce stuff. What stuff? What stuff do you need yeah, to do? Right. Yeah, what, what is this? Right. Well, yeah, but if we had it, we would do these things. Right, so... You're going to buy a tool, and then that's going to that's going to make you do the things you're not doing today, <laughs> right? That's gonna that's gonna drive your requirements and your workflow. <laughs> that's, no, I don't think that's going to work. That sentence alone is perfect, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, the the if we had it, we could do stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And that's probably what happened with your client with the editorial calendar. It's like we definitely need an editorial calendar. No, no, no. Let's not use Excel. Let's buy a thing. <laughs> right. Make sure that we create. Let's an not. Editor, an editor let's not review the fact that we don't actually have an editorial strategy to calendarize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's um, so that's that's that would be beautiful, wouldn't it? We watch the sun go down, and um, um and uh, both of us actually come from marketing technology vendors uh, and talk about how people shouldn't be buying so much technology. So I think that's a, that's a very nice thought. And, um, and these are very nice drinks. So that's very nice. Thank you, Robert. Um, Absolutely and, a pleasure. And um, I do actually, while I'm talking about stopping, because we're going to um, stop recording in a moment, um, I want to thank you for um, the weekly wrap that you've been doing every week for God knows how many weeks. And I know that you stopped it this week. Um, it was a pleasure to listen to you, Robert. It was a pleasure to be on the show. And so thank you for doing that. Absolutely a pleasure. I'm glad it was, uh, it was good. It was a good run and we'll do something new. It's time, it's time for new things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it was a pleasure to listen to. And but the one thing we can still promote on this show is your podcast with Joe Polizzi. I presume that's continuing. PNR, This Old Marketing. Yeah, do one. your search yeah. for it. Go listen to it. It's a fun one. We do it every other week. Right. And then people can find you at thecontentadvisory.net. And where can that they That is exactly find? right. Yeah. Thank you for and, that. And they spin the dial on the social medias. They find you where? Uh, they will find me on Twitter at Robert underscore Rose and at LinkedIn. I don't know how the hell you do the LinkedIn thing. Just <laughs> do a search for Robert Rose and my mug will show up. <laughs> well, it's a delight. Thank you, mate. And will I see you in the bar next week? You will indeed. Thank you. And I'll speak to you then. Cheers. Thank you, Robert. Uh, a bit awkward at the end there, but I enjoyed his weekly rap podcast and I will miss it. And he's been very generous in sharing his experience with that podcast in helping me with this podcast. As we mentioned, you can still find Robert at his company's website, contentadvisory.net, at the Content Marketing Institute with his weekly newsletter, and on this old marketing podcast that he hosts with his chum, Joe Pelitzi. So that's a wrap on episode 27 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. 
Thanks again to Emil, to Robert, and to our Rockstar CMO contributing community that give me something to share with you guys. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like my guests, please give them a mention, click their links, follow them and take a look at their work. I really appreciate their time. So please show them a little rockstar community love. If you did like this show or have an opinion on whether the world needs another Effing Martin podcast, you know what to do. Drop us some feedback, a review, subscribe, share, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're Next week, I have a chat with Paige O'Neill, the CMO of Sitecore scheduled in my calendar. I'm looking forward to that. Robert will be back in the virtual Rockstar CMO bar. And until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com. And I hope you'll join us again next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.